All right. Let's, Let's get, get into, into it. it. It's Friday. It is. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's Friday. Welcome to another episode of the Warfighter Tobacco Podcast. Um, this episode, we have Mikey Fahey on with us. Hi. And uh, we're going to dig into a little bit about um, his background, his background in cigars, um, which is going to be kind of interesting. A little bit. Um, you got a crash course that most people don't get. It's true. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then we got some uh, some other fun stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm smoking a night shift. Uh, Mike, I'm, you got the same thing. I am on that train as well. Scott, yeah. you're rocking a Rosado 660. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pairing it with some tequila. <laughs> John and I, who clearly are not DGENs, uh, are drinking like diet sodas. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. nobody, no, nobody's perfect. I'm trying to be bougie over here. I got a diet Coke with lime. Oh, there you go. I'm going to go <laughs> A&W cream soda, zero sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cream soda and cigars actually paired really well together. I've been told that. Yeah. So I, I heard that actually Dave, a warfighter Dave, uh, was mentioned in that. And so I wanted to try it. And yeah, they're right. What What they say is true. Yeah, it pairs real well with some cigars, yeah. man. Like, uh, obviously, if if you guys watch our other show and stuff, you guys know that my favorite cigar is the seven six two field, right? Is the the Sumatra yep. and uh, a phenomenal with cream soda. Yeah, who knew? Yeah, cigar guys did. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know, but yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it's great. So, Mikey, yeah, man, who are you? Where did you come from? Just some dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. Uh, I'm, I'm Mikey. Um, I'm a podcast host. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tell jokes on stages badly and um, make stupid internet memes and such and uh, hang out with you guys more than anything, actually. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. So that's kind of present day. What, uh, where were you born? Uh, born in Farmington, New Mexico. And I, you went back. I did. I, I left Farmington when I was two and moved to the roots, to the real hometown of Don't You Dare. I'm <laughs> originally from Boston, Mass. That's uh, where I grew up. And then uh, spent some time in Wyoming as well and uh, moved back to New Mexico when I was 15. Okay. And was... Uh, Super excited to find a recruiting office to get me out of New Mexico. <laughs> and uh, yeah, joined the Marines, spent uh, 15 years, one month, one week, and one day in the United States Marine Corps, who's counting, and uh, got medically retired in 2014 and started contracted, some contract time, uh, doing cool guy stuff, and then decided I should try college. And I went, <laughs> went and got a couple degrees, and now I tell dick jokes and drink whiskey and cigars with y'all. I'm glad you went to college. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Super excited about that. Well, I, don't, I mean, yeah. I don't like drinking and smoking cigars with uneducated people. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's that's kind of me in the nutshell. Yeah, man. Nice. And what did you do in the Marines? Uh, well, originally, I was a 0331, a machine gunner. Uh, then you get tired of walking, you know? So I lap moved to amphibious assault vehicles. So I was an AM tracker after that. And then you get to Iraq where there's no oceans, and they're like, hey, 0300, you made it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, all right. So, yeah. Nice. Mostly just grunt stuff, man. Yeah. yeah so, which is not 
not outside of your guys's uh it's probably backgrounds as well yeah yeah, yeah. we all kind of we just never had vehicles yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know, it's nice when you get them. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, man. Like, it's always funny. It was always the Pogue versus Grunt, like you know, conversation always happened. And yeah. it's like, dude, I hooked and jabbed way more as a Pogue as I ever did as a Grunt. <laughs> like, like, I did way more cool stuff as in the Pogue world. Plus, I got to sleep in like a cot or something. You know what I mean? Like there was, there was something. There's you know? perks too. There's perks. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I mean, it's like it's like the the command vehicle always has something nice about it, right? right. Like there's perks. Yeah. You know, like so. Yeah, man. I can't complain. How about you guys? What are you guys up to today? Doing a podcast. It's a nice show. Really <laughs> great setup you guys got here. Right. I really like what you've done. It's kind of familiar with this studio space. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when did you get into smoking cigars? Uh, well, originally I, th- I think like what most people, you know, like high school, you, you, you try them and yeah, you, you, you find the flavored ones with right. the, with the white owls and the swisher okay. sweet bullshit, you know, and you think that's smoking cigars. It's not, you learn later that it's not. And then in the military throughout my career, um, I moved up pretty quick and cigars were always around, yeah, yeah. right? Like, uh, one of the mentors that I, Always looked up to is this gentleman named John Singleton, who was a master gunnery sergeant in the United States Marines. And at the time was the senior master guns in the Marine Corps. Oh, Just nice. the saltiest of the salty. <laughs> like the sergeant major would walk by and be like, he'd be like, fucking boot. Bleh. You know, like, just like the saltiest dude imaginable. He walked around with a stogie and a wooden um, training katana blade. And that's like how he walked, you know, <laughs> like down the middle of the battalion office, smoking a cigar. So our major be like, I smell smoke. He'd be like, mind your business. He'd be like, oh, roger that shit. <laughs> like, I mean, it was just like the coolest dude ever. And as a boot Marine, I'd watch this salty, salty fuck just like tell officers to eat shit all the time. And just like, you know, just like he used to call like the, the XO was a guy named Major Coggins. Good dude. But he used to call him Coggy just to like get under his skin and shit. You know, like, I mean, I was just like. This guy's phenomenal, man. So, so how, how old of a gentleman do you think he was at the time? Uh, he was really well. 30 years in the Marines, so 40, probably. Okay. <laughs> He's probably in his 40s, you know, but at that time, yeah, yeah. I'm 17. He looks ancient to me, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, and I remember the first time I really interacted with him was about smoking cigars. Okay. And um, he'd, I was on duty, and I'd asked, uh, I'd asked to go out and have a cigarette, and my duty, my officer of the day, the staff sergeant that I was with, was an absolute prick. Yeah, And he was like, no. And Master Guns was in the office behind us and he'd heard the conversation and he walked out and he was like, let's go devil. Let's go have a, let's go have a smoke. And I looked at the staff sergeant. He was like, you heard the Master Guns. You better get your ass up. You know, like, and you know, I got my boot and I don't know. And, and uh, we were out there and I'm having a cigarette and he's having a cigar and we're, we're talking and he's small talking to me. Like he's, he's doing it to let me have a cigarette. Yeah. Like he was doing it to be a cool guy. And right. I understand that. And I understood it then. Right. And I was just like, I appreciate you, you know, type of stuff. And, um, as we were standing there, I was at a schoolhouse at the time, as we were standing there, like this, like train of lieutenants go walking in. So I like dropped my cigarette and snapped attention and I salute. And, yeah. uh, he just kind of does one of these numbers. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh there's one ambitious lieutenant that has to oh, run his mouth to the saltiest dude in the marine corps and he's like excuse me master guns 
I think uh, you're setting a poor example for this Marine, and I rate a salute from you. And he said the single greatest thing I'd ever heard anybody say is he turns and he looks at this kid and he goes, you know what, sir? You're right. You can climb my rockers and find it. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, this guy is the greatest guy in the world. <laughs> and then later, uh, I, as I said, I, I moved up pretty quick. Um, he was still a master guns when I picked up uh, staff sergeant. Yeah. And as a, now a fellow staff and CEO with him. Right. He was like, he was, he gave me a cigar and like, we ended up being drinking buddies and tragically he passed away. Yeah. But um, yeah, like just, he was, he was a big influence on my life personally, professionally. Um, just it, probably why I'm salty now, right. <laughs> you know, like it probably rubbed off a little bit and, uh, uh, cigars was a big point of his thing. Do you remember what cigar he smoked or that he gave you? Uh, he liked the, he told me it was the one, the same one that Tony Soprano smoked. I remember that. I should know that, but I don't. It's the I CAO. Oh yeah. I think you're right. Uh, it's a CAO. Uh, Justin will probably pull it up here in a second. Shit. Because he gave me one yeah. when I got promoted to staff sergeant. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then he owned a bar. He was part owner of a bar in Okinawa. Okay. You know, like, so that was like his retirement plan was right. he was going back to Okinawa, worked a civilian job and like ran his bar. Right. Right. And like, and, it's not a bad gig. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not a bad gig at all. And he ended up passing away here in the States though. Um, he got sick and had some, had some, oh. some lung issues and, uh, you know, agent orange and shit yeah. still a thing, you know, for a guy that at that age, you know, right. like, Things like that. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was rough. Wow. But, uh, yeah, good dude, man. We just, everybody just called him grumpy. It wasn't even Master Guns. It was yeah. like, oh, Master Grumps? Yeah, he's over there. He's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just a good guy. And then I had other aspects of my career, especially in the military, because you guys know. I mean, shit, obviously, you know, your brand is right. surrounding the, the, the crazy history that cigars play. Within the military, the military community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and like uh, I, another time I was I was on ship. We were getting ready to go into Fallujah in 04. Yeah. And uh, I was on the USS Harper's Ferry. The uh, command master chief of that boat was a guy named Daryl Brand. Great guy. Um, and uh, obviously, like we went into Kuwait. They dropped us off and we went up and did yeah. the fight. And that particular group of ships had the uh, they had the option to leave they didn't have to stay and wait for us and the command got together and they were like nope we brought them here we're bringing them back and they did gator squares out in the gulf waiting for us wow. for 10 months oh. <laughs> yeah i mean they got to go to like bahrain and shit and yeah. dude they, they got to like a little it bit. wasn't that it bad. wasn't that bad right but i mean you're in the navy you join the navy you're underway that's kind of your job yeah, right yeah. like but uh yeah they 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 sat there like that and then i remember when we got to kuwait after Fallujah and after the fight and everything, we were down there getting ready to load back on ships. The very first landing craft that pulled up to see us, the ramp dropped and he was standing there. Awesome. And he had a box of cigars with him. And he handed them out to all the guys that he knew. Yeah. Nice. And he, so I got one of those and, and had a cigar with him on the beach in Kuwait. Nice. And I thought that was fucking cool shit. Yeah. So, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's steeped in military tradition, yeah. right? Like, um, I mean, and obviously the cameras aren't picking up all of this, but, right. you know, I mean... <clears throat> there it's it's yeah there's well there's pictures from from most of major conflicts that are up on you know what used to be our trade show display um you know and some of them are some pretty famous cigar pictures uh yeah, i mean there's stuff that's all the way back from the civil war that's up there yeah and then we have one that that i took when we were in iraq yeah. <laughs> we're sitting on a rooftop with a machine gun yeah that's a good one. um 
you know, Vietnam, there's all kinds of stuff. Like cigars, just tobacco in general has kind of been a staple in the military. Yeah. Um, but cigars are definitely one of those, you know, whether it's, yeah, we, we say with our victory cigar, whether it's a victory or if it's, you know, you're laying somebody down to rest, um, you know, you're. Which can also be a victory. Yeah, depending. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the person, I guess. You know, but but you, you know, commemorate these events, you know, as a group with cigars. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I've heard you guys talk about it before. And I think when you guys had jazz on the show, on the show, um, he mentioned it about it being the great equalizer in the room yeah. and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's true. You know, like it's, it's a, it's a common ground that people can bond over, right? Like, yeah. like you might be a liberal or a conservative and, and that guy might be a libertarian or whatever, but, oh, but we all like cigars. Oh, that's cool. Let's have a conversation about that yeah. and not divide us right, even right. more. Right. Like it, it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity to come together and have a conversation about something with common ground and maybe even get in a little bit of perspective from somebody else's point of view. Yeah. And that's, what's real fucking cool about cigars. Right. Um, and, and thank you to you guys really for me, because you guys are the ones that really brought me into understanding the culture more. And well, before you met us, you probably had a, a grasp of how to cut a cigar and light. A cigar. I was doing it wrong. <laughs> I was doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I like I was I was cutting it and it, it would all unravel all the time. And right. I still use a V cut just now it's easy. But you know, like like but uh it, yeah, I when you showed me the the, the, what, the what, cheater trick the, on the, the table. cheater trick on the table, yeah. just the boop thing, yep. and I was like, get the fuck motherfucker. Because, you know, <laughs> my reaction was the same when somebody showed that to me. I was like, and I already damn. and I've been cutting cigars for years at that point. Now uh. it's just like Oh, well, it, like, <laughs> and I would, I would oftentimes use a punch just cause like it would be easier. Like, you know, I'm a golfer and, uh, like, like so you, you take know, a tea, take a tea. You can use that or, but I keep, I keep a cigar punch in my golf bag too. Yeah. You know? And, and so I would oftentimes do that and I would lie to myself and everyone around me and just be like, no, I like it like this. No, you don't. <laughs> you just I don't just, know any better. I just don't know any better. And I don't want to fuck it up. I want it to look like it's cool. So the, you know, like you were acting like you've been there <laughs> trying to. Yeah. You know, cause you know, golf, golf is one of those other things, you know, business is conducted on the golf course. Yeah. End quote. <laughs> you know, like, like, and uh, it's like, I didn't want to, you know, like look like a novice at everything. I'm already bad enough at golf. Right. So I, like, I'm not good at golf. No. You mean whack fuck? Stop <laughs> <laughs> the playing whack fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, man. It, it's, it's, uh, but you started going full speed into cigars. I did. Shortly after we moved here to Texas. Because that's right about the time when we all became friends. Well, so I learned about your brand. I was a fan of uh, the Drinking Bros podcast. Yeah. Back when Rocco was on there and yeah. stuff. And uh, I learned about your brand through them okay. of initially. And then just by happenstance, when you and I met in an event. <laughs> on a rooftop in San Antonio, randomly. <laughs> Luckily, I had a bottle of Jameson with me. So <laughs> that worked out. It's a key to a lot of hearts. Right. I mean, it's worked so far. <laughs> Solid system, man. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and you had cigars. I did. And it was like, okay, you know, and, and then uh, with the inception of the Freedom Friends podcast and everything yeah. like that, and, and you and me became becoming buddies and everything. Like, I mean, it's just, it's really done a lot for my palate. Yeah. You know, when it comes to cigars, as well as like my preferences, I know a little, I know enough that I can get by. I feel like much less of a novice now. 
You know, now it's weird because sometimes I'm the guy in the room that people ask questions. Right. To, and I'm like, you're asking. I know I look like John a little bit, but you're asking <laughs> the wrong guy. But, <laughs> and it's it's funny. Like you bring that up. Um, you know, I remember the first time in a lot of different instances in my life doing things, not just cigar related, where I thought I was the novice. I thought I was a new guy. And then somebody would ask me for advice. And it was just like, you don't want to talk to me about this. Like, I remember I was at a match one time, yeah. a long range shooting match. Sure. Um, it was actually the first match I ever shot in, in my entire life. And I, it's a combination of luck and being hung over. I was shooting really well. And I remember I, I got done. Love the, that combo. I, I got done with a stage, and I shot really well on that stage. And I picked up all my stuff, and I'm walking off the line. And the next guy that's walking up is the guy who actually won the match, and he consistently wins long range PRS matches. And as he was walking by me, he's like, "Hey man," he's like, "Can I shoot? And would you hold for wind?" And I was just like, "What?" And he's like, <laughs> "Would you hold for wind?" And I'm like, well, I, "I, I don't know." And he's like, "What do you mean you don't know?" I'm like, "You're." The, it's my well, first day. I know. I'm like, what are you asking? I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> and he's been like, like four pubes to the right. <laughs> right. <laughs> just that's some weird. Well, no. And so, and so I told him and I was just like, you know, I was like, well, I, I held whatever, like 0.4 points. I can't remember what the fuck it was, but yeah. I was like, I held this. He's like, okay, cool. And he gets up there and he just cleans the whole stage. He gets done. He's like, Hey, good wind call, man. And I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry. It's kind of started back there. I was like, this is my first match I ever shot in. And <laughs> I know who you are. And you were asking me for advice. And I was just like, I, uh, uh well, it's intimidating, right? Like it's super intimidating. But it's I yeah, can understand that. Sure. Well, it's always good to know when you don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. If you pretend like you know and you don't know, that's way worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that whole fake it till you make it yeah. thing, and eventually someone's gonna notice. Yeah. Like somebody if you out. yeah, if you lie on your resume. <laughs> eventually, it's coming out. This, man. This, like, sounds, this sounds like our first month when we were in the cigar industry. We didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's yeah. very true. But we didn't claim to know everything. I, that is also very yeah. true. <laughs> you know what, though? That, that that little bit of humble mentality probably goes a long way. Well, I like to think it does. It, You know, how are you going to be mad at somebody when you assume they should know, but then you ask them something and they say, hey, man, I, I'm not real sure. You can't be mad at that person anymore. No, because yeah. at least they're yeah. being straight up. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, like Say my world, right. you know, type of thing. Ultimately, it comes down to, I mean, in any profession or any industry, that is going to happen at some point. Yeah. How you handle it is depicts on how well you're going to, how long you're going to last in an in industry and how well your reputation is going to be. For sure. And one of the biggest things I know, at least me personally, is if I don't know the answer and I need to know this answer, then my answer is, I don't know, but let me find out and I'll get back to you. Yeah. yeah, and then you, but you actually follow through with that. It's very military esque, right? Like, it, like when you given a you like, I remember you get asked like a question by like your sergeant when you were a boot or something, and like the appropriate response was always, "I don't know, but I'll find out." Yeah. You know, and and it really does. It, one, it shows it shows a bit of initiative for that individual, but it also shows a drive to continue to better, right? Like if, if this is going to be a question that is going to come up often, right? I want to be able to give the right answer. Well, and, and you as a military leader asking a question that, well, one, you hope they know the answer. Yeah. yeah. But if they don't, you're the reason you're asking the questions is to teach. 
Yep. So you can't be mad at them when they're when they say I don't know. It's a teachable moment. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's something unless they've been in for five years and they don't know, then you're like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. yeah. If you're like yeah. a five year deep machine gunner and I tell you to disanass a two forty and you fuck it up, it's yeah. like no, <laughs> like, yeah. fired now. Right. You know, but but also on the on the you know that same note, it's if you ask something and the answer is just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. What do you, how do you feel about that person's answer? But if that parent says, I don't know, but I'm going to find out, and I'll, then I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Then it takes away the uh, you know you, how come you don't know? Why don't you know? You should know. It's like, oh, okay. Well, well, it also shows. Let me know when you find out. It also shows <laughs> that you're not dismissing the individual who asked the question. Yeah, like you're not just dismissing them. Yeah. You know, which is a pet peeve of mine. I don't like being like pushed away or like just shunned away or like talked to like I'm stupid or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it, if 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 I'm curious about something and I ask a question, and the individual that I'm asking doesn't know, but they show me that they're gonna take the time to figure it out and get back to me. Right. I appreciate that, yeah. you know, and it's just really a courtesy. Yeah. 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 When we first started, there was a lot of, well, I don't know. Let me find out. Yeah, man. Um, and it's, it's honestly, it's because we just didn't know. Yeah. But like, uh, and there were questions like now it's a little bit different because, you know, the, our knowledge base on, on our products and what we do and where it comes from and all that kind of stuff is, I mean, we know damn near all of it. Um, it then, especially like in the first month or two, like we didn't know where the cigars were coming from, you yeah. know? And it was like, well, what factory? And we're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you mean? And it, and it wasn't even like, I'll find out and let you know. It was just like, mm, you know, we're working on some stuff. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we knew we needed to know that. Yeah. But, but we just, we couldn't get the answer. Well, what, what is the answer to that question? Well, we were working through a middleman and we didn't know. It, essentially it was. Oh, we we didn't uh, know yeah. we didn't know any better. I know that middleman. No, was, no, no, no. I don't, before, I don't no, like him. No, this, <laughs> I don't know. this <laughs> was before. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, we just we didn't we didn't know any better, but it was more proof of concept than it was of like, okay, let's go full speed ahead with this. Sure, you know. And it was like, oh wait, this is we can actually do this. Okay, cool. Like now let's get really serious. Then it was like, oh yeah, well we can't keep up with what you want. You need this many cigars. We can only give you this many. And we're like, oh okay, we no. Yeah. We're out. Yeah. We're gonna find somebody this else. This isn't gonna work yeah. for us, man. Yeah. Well, I think that's 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 a common problem when you get an attractive idea, right? Like if you have a really good idea that people want to gravitate to, you know, and as we've already established, cigars and the military kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And you know, so when you when you offer a brand that is so specific about like in in the community. Right. You know, that community, that, that demand's going to come. And if they can't meet it, I'm sorry, guys. Like, yeah. I need, I need a supplier who yeah. can, man. Yeah, right. Like, you know, because otherwise it puts me in a precarious situation. Right. Like, well, it was uh, probably like, I wouldn't ever recommend starting out that way to a new brand, but for us, it worked. And I don't know that we could have started out knowing what we know now because that we would have assumed we needed a lot more money and we would have assumed that, you know, it would have been a much bigger task than we were probably willing to do at the time yeah so well that and like going into it kind of naive was probably something that actually worked in our benefit I, I feel like it helped us personally also because it wasn't like we had a predetermined complete product package that we, was our end goal yeah like our end goal at that time was 
hey, I have a cigar and cellophane and my band is on it. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then it was like, oh, do you have boxes? Wait, we had to put these in boxes? <laughs> these things come in no, boxes? No, we, we didn't. Yeah. We, have, we didn't have cigar boxes. They yeah. were, it wasn't a box of 20. We just had cigars and cellophane with our band on it. Yeah. The bands weren't embossed. They weren't fancy. They didn't look nice. I've seen them. You know, we didn't, seen but we didn't know. We thought they were great. And then we start seeing, you know, then we start really starting to pay attention to the rest of the stuff in the industry and other brands and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, okay, we got to step our game up. Yeah. yeah. But then it was just the, that constantly proving your foxhole. It was the baby steps. Okay, we got the bands. Okay, cool. Now we got this. Okay, now we, we've got our actual factory. Where's your grenade sump, sir? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then it was like, okay, now we have boxes. Oh, shit. We have boxes now. You know? And then it was just like, okay, now we, well, we got our first order. Fuck, where do we store this? When did it feel <laughs> like, when did you get the, holy shit, we made it? Like feeling. Uh, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's still not there. <laughs> it's still working on it. <laughs> what, I would say that you guys when are. When that happened. <laughs> as far as like. I would say we're relevant. Yeah. I would say we still haven't made it. Yeah. Yeah. Because what's what's the end goal for Warfighter? I don't know. You know, it's. it's a Sell good. out, make a bunch of money. <laughs> when. I don't know. It's, a, you know, it's like, either pass it to the kids. Well, people always if, hate if, on that. If, but it's if, like, dude, that's the goal of business. If a giant brand offered us a lot of money, we'd consider it. Yeah. You know, but it would be something that, you know, it's not something we seek. It's not something we're trying yeah. to do. We're just trying to build a better company every day. And yeah. and we love, like, we, we were just in Virginia doing events. Yeah. Um, With our boy, Mike Goshen. Yeah. Their yeah. Historic, historic Smoke. smoke. Yeah. And, um, and every time we do stuff like that, it, it makes us realize more and more why we do what we do in this industry. And it's be, doing these events and having the conversations with these people that we would never talk to. It's not saying like they're just weird people or anything like that, but like, when am I going to meet some dude in some Culpeper, them. Virginia? Yeah. Some of them are weird people. No, but it's like, when am I going to go meet these people <laughs> in Culpeper, Virginia? Yeah, sure. Like I, I, I've been around this earth for a little bit of time and I've never been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And some now I'm sitting down or, and having hour long conversations plus with these guys. And to the point where like finding out that they're like repeat customers, they're, yeah. you know, they're buying boxes at a time. You know, they've been a fan of ours for years. It's awesome. And it's like, well, that's awesome. It's the first cigar they ever smoked, you know, like stuff yep. like that. You hear that. It's that's like, cool. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it just re-motivates, yeah. you know, and it's like, Absolutely. Okay, yeah, we're doing this for the right reasons. Yeah. Like, let's keep going. That's awesome. That's cool as hell. That's a great feeling too. Yeah. I bet. Like, like when you meet somebody who's just like, just genuinely appreciative of your so, hard work. So Mike Goshen never smoked a cigar until Noah, his son, three months after he turned 18, bought cigars from us. He was order number 321. Really? Yeah. Yes. No his kidding. son. Yeah. Got, I know. And then, yeah. got, and then got Mike into smoking. Well, he, he approached Mike and says, Hey, I messed up. Don't be mad, Dad, but I bought cigars. Mike's like, well, let's go smoke them. But th that was, I mean, order number was, 300. That, was, now we're that in, was August of 2016. And now we're wow. like the 60,000 orders, you know, like. That's cool, man. Yeah. And and Mike has a cigar shop and his son helps run it. Yeah. And you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, full circle. And then us going out there and doing an event there, I was just like, I mean, I get goosebumps right Yeah. Because it's just it's like, cool. this that's, is awesome. Talk about full circle. I know. That's cool as hell. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and, and Mike's story is phenomenal. Um, he's, he's, he's had some really hard trials, tribulations in his life. He has. Things that have happened. Um, and he still keeps pushing on. Um, well, I mean, he helped support an event that I was a part of uh, a few months ago. Uh, I was working for a nonprofit you guys are well aware of. Um, and uh, we had a golf tournament out there in the D.C. area. And Mike drove up from Culpepper yep. and like 
helped run our hole at the tournament. Yeah. Him and his son. And just two good guys, yeah. man. Yeah. Just just good dudes, you know? And uh yeah, I appreciate that guy. He's he's just a the classy dude, man. Yeah. I like him. Speaking of when we were up at, at the event in Virginia, the historic smoke, um I I hope that we have other brand or shop owners that listen to this show because this what happened there oh, is something gosh. that I've never seen happen before. And yeah. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So Mike has a shop, right? And it's a it's typically it's just him. Open to close every day that he's open, he's there, he's running it. His son helps out, um, you know, stuff like that. Well, he became friends with he used to work. He used to work also. Uh, and is very good friends with a, a shop owner that's about, about what 15 20 minutes away yeah maybe a half hour away from his shop um and uh a guy named bob um and uh, what, what's it called warthog no fuck hogshead. i'll think hogshead hogshead is the name of the other shop okay and uh and so Mike's like, yeah, he's like, Bob's going to come down. He's going to help, you know, run the register during the event. And I'm like, cool. I don't know who Bob is, but yeah. this is going to be awesome. He's like, oh, Bob, he owns a shop up the street. I was like, what? So they have the same POS system. And so yeah, the other shop owner is working for Mike. Running his register throughout the whole event. So Mike can sit there and talk with the customers like, yeah. like we're doing and, and do like how sales. fucking cool is that? Dude, the world needs more bobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so like I, and at the end of the night, I, I went to Bob and I'm like, Bob, I'm like, you don't know how much I appreciate this. And I'm like, this is something that I, I've never seen in the industry. I know yeah. shop owners that are friends that help each other out and things like that. They, they, hang out they will come yeah. to an event, but they don't offer to work the register. And then, and then in the conversations, we found that Mike has done it with Bob also. Bob's had events and Mike's gone up and helped out and ran registers and things like that at his shop. I'm like, the relationship that you two guys, the working relationship that you two guys have, I'm like, if more people in this industry did this, so you, oh my God. And if, dude, you're, if you're a shop owner and you think that <coughs> like you're like you're running a competition, right? And you think the customers don't go to both shops, you're wrong. Yeah, they go everywhere. But if your customers go to the other shop and see you two working together come to your shop yeah see you two working together the, that's the, how you win customers but, but that in like 100 the elephant in the yeah. room is gone yeah there is now there is no like oh well you know well, i was just down there the other day and i don't really want to let bob know because mike you know blah blah, blah. like no like they they they're, they don't care yeah yeah they appreciate that you go back and they're forth. building the cigar community as a whole exactly and they're they're building business that way Dude, more people awesome. need to do that, man. In in every industry, yeah, right. Like I used to see it a lot in the. You see it really bad in the nonprofit world, you know. Like they they like veteran nonprofits is a great yeah. example of this. You know, everybody's like they're out for themselves because it's pretty cutthroat out there and it's hard to get money and donations and right. stuff. And I can understand that, right? But so oftentimes they forget about the bottom line and the mission, yeah. which is the veteran, the veteran you're supporting it's, a veteran or whatever, right? Like, I've, or whatever I've, you are supporting. I've ran into issues with that. And it's with like, like, Hey, I, I have these vets, but they're they're I, I got linked up them through a different nonprofit, mm -hmm. but your nonprofit offers something that this one doesn't. Can I send them your way? Or even if it's similar for, yeah. sake. and they're like, well, you know, they're, that's just like us supporting another nonprofit. I'm like, no, you guys are supporting the veterans. Yeah. It's about the vet, you know, man. and it's just like, like they, they, everything that you require in your program, they meet those requirements, but just because they're affiliated with somebody else, like, why is this an issue now? Yeah. It's just so weird. Pretty sure that his DD two fourteen looks the same as it, his, right? his and hers, <laughs> and the, you know, like, no. 
Yeah. What the hell, man? Yeah, yeah, that's so weird. But no, it, it always bothered that, me. Seeing that at historic smoke and, and watching all that and and learning the dynamics between you know the the local shop owners and, and the customer base that goes in there. Um, I mean, it was phenomenal. It really is. That's and, cool. it, and it and it goes to show that if if you're a shop owner and you're not trying to build a community in your shop, you are just there purely to sell or cigars. just a community in your area for I mean, yeah. but yeah, like it you're doing it wrong yeah, you know <laughs> like you build that community and it's self-sufficient they take care of their own and they support you and they bring more people in to support you sure and it just makes it so much you know you walk into a shop and there's conversations it's not a tv on and nobody's saying a word yeah. you know what i mean like we had a tv on once and it literally got to hey can you turn that can you turn the volume down we're trying to talk here oh sorry hey, that's the best man you know what i mean and then eventually the tv just turned off yeah. Like nobody was looking. Yeah. It didn't matter. There's sports games and all kinds of stuff going on. People that care, you yeah. know? And I'm like, this is, I love this. This is so awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good shit. That's good stuff. Now, to be fair, they had the Warfighter podcast on and I was talking over myself and that felt really, yeah, that's really probably weird. awkward. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hey, can you turn that idiot on the yeah. screen down? Yeah. <laughs> at, at one point, one of the guys was like, oh, they're right here. We don't need to have them up there. <laughs> <laughs> A little weird. Yeah. That's Goshen though. He probably had that by design. No, it was early in the day. So we, we, you know, we were talking about something and we put it on just to refer back to whatever we were talking about in conversation. And then people started showing up and it was just on in the background. Yeah. yeah. And that's how it was just like, okay, just get rid of that shit. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah. We, they, they did like, a, it's called the Smoking Shields. And it's a group kind of all over the United States, but it's all law enforcement veteran group. So yeah. there was cops from all over the place. One of the guys was a state patrol guy, and oh my uh, God. he was a sniper. I'm like, oh, cool, man. That's kind of what I used to do and teach. And, and so I, I'm like, I asked kind of, I asked him about yeah. his, I asked him about his equipment because a lot of agencies, the police agencies, have shit. Equipment. Oh, it's the truth, bad. So he's like, oh man, we're pretty well set up. I'm like, cool. What do you got? What uh, what area was he out of? Uh, Virginia, Virginia state, somewhere in oh, Virginia yeah, yeah. state. So he's like, he brings in his equipment and it is all top of the line shit. I'm yeah. like, dude, I, I have no critiques for you. Yeah. What was he running? An Accuracy International, uh, Night Force Scope, okay. all, all the good lasers, night vision, thermos. Cans, night, Thunder Beast yeah. cans. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Knight's it, Armament SBR there's, with sure fire. Like, I, I have no advice yeah. for you. Yeah. Like, you guys are crying. Like, it's, like, it's like volleyball uniforms. We have no notes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> None, so like even on his, like his rifle was set up great. Yeah. And then even like his AR. And I'm like, I can find something on this. And I started looking at everything and I'm like. There oh. was there was no fat to trim. Yeah. Which rig did you have on it? Well, and that was a thing. I looked and it looked like a mil spec. And I'm like, oh, I think I got this. And then I leaned over to look and I saw the little G on. I'm like, fuck, he's even, he's even got a guy's he's trigger <laughs> Like, that's what you did to me the other I did. day he did, he did the same thing to me he looked at mine and was like wait, wait, wait. oh it's a guy's look well because they look like a regular mill spec it does, you know? it does. and i was like if i thought it was too when i first picked that up until you squeeze like, it and you're like oh that's this is i was nice. like that's different that's different. But yeah so we talked to him for what probably 45 minutes with both of his weapons sitting on the table yeah and so every as all the customers were walking in they're walking right by us with these guns and they're like, oh, I'm like, this is a raffle item for tonight. Make sure you go buy some cigars. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get them, man. <laughs> That's butts and seats right there, dude. But everybody who was there was a cop. Yeah, so and they were all matter. laughing like, oh, yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> I got the same thing at home, bro. It's yeah. fun. It's fun. But yeah, it was a great event. No. And then Mike took us out to drive tanks. Yeah. Yeah. Not to Seen drive tanks. We went to this place called the Tank Farm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Boy, they have a great collection. It was awesome. Well, that's what you were kind of explaining to me. And, yeah. And so, I'm sure we'll get into it on, on the other shit right. as well. So it's, 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 uh, it's this guy. His name's Alan. I'll just leave it at that. He's 90. He's 90. So he's starting to, uh, they're eventually going to start selling off some of the items that he has. Alan has quit giving a fuck. And he's then 90. the rest <laughs> of the stuff they don't sell off is going to be put in a museum. Um, nice. But everything that he has, except for maybe, and he's probably had what, 60, 70 tanks there? Oh, at least, yeah. It was a lot. I think there might have been four that weren't running. Every other one was completely restored. Like some of them were one-off experimentals. Oh my, yeah. Like, one of them is like, what was it? Serial number like three or something like the that? Sherman. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a Sherman serial, serial number, number three. three. Bruh. That, yeah. yeah. I think he had four Sherman. He did. One of them was a super Sherman, or what they call it? Yeah. Yeah, the super Sherman. <laughs> Look at Justin's face. He's even like what? Yeah. <laughs> It was nuts, That's but I can tell so you, sick. I can That's tell you, super though, cool, man. serial number three, the Sherman, serial number three. Yeah. I cannot fit in it. I can fit in the turret. Yeah. Barely. But, but that, my feet hit the ground. The and my head, driver's hatch was. Driver's hatch? Nope. You couldn't fit in it? Dude, I, nope. Justin, Justin might be able to fit in it. Dude, people were, people were littler back then, man. So, but, but <laughs> I could fit. Then we got in a. It's um, GMOs, man. Then we, got in, we got in uh, a Stewart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there was two, there was a driver's hatch and then there was the, the whatever gunner's hatch or whatever's next to it. TC. TC. Yeah. And, uh, so we were talking to the guy. So they have a volunteer there. Um, he's been, he's been volunteering there for like 20 years. State, yeah. state police. Guy. State police. Awesome. Awesome guy. And, um, he started off with like, this is cool. I, how can I help? To the point where, like, he's like, hey, can I borrow this for the weekend? And they're like, yeah, here's a quarter million dollar tank. How are you going to get it there? He's like, I'll figure out my own transport. And they're like, cool, man, just whatever, whatever you need. And they just give him a tank for the weekend. I'm like, so he bro. Goes, parades, <laughs> yeah. Bro. Right. This is what we need. I know. Like, we need it. Man. Yeah. You think, so, you think it'd be much more prevalent here in Texas, too? Like, you think there would be Well, it's funny. Like so that, that place and drive tanks in Texas. Uh-huh. The horse trade. Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah, they know each other. Oh, okay. There's only yeah. like three or four in the whole United States with collections like that. So sure. Of course they know each other. Yeah. Absolutely. You meet, you know, they, conventions and uh, such. Cheney, the, the guy in uh, Vegas, Battlefield Vegas. Yep. Yep. He's one of them. Like, yeah. they, they all yep. work together. Yep. But yeah. Then we got to go for a ride in a FV-432. Which is a British armored personnel carrier. Say, that's an APC. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that was pretty cool. Um, Those are fun. But they had like the GI Joe tank, yeah. But like, they, oh, there's only one of them. Well, no, I think there was like there's two. There was I think they said they they made three. There's two in civilian. Yeah, ones. and so it's one of them. And you literally drive with the joystick, and there's tube TVs, old school From tube like TVs, 1986. That's how nice. you see where you're going as a driver, and then as the gunner, you use one of those to aim. What? Yeah, yeah. it was insane. It's, it was, it's the GI Joe toy. If you can find a G.I. Joe tank. I, rem- I remember oh, I had it. Right. Yeah. I had the tank. <laughs> like, it, like, it was yeah. super cool. They had like. I was the pr- envy had, of the neighborhood. I uh, had that tank. prototype amphibious tanks. Yeah. Um, the new, they were working on a Marine amphibious contract. Yep. And the program got scrapped. So the company just said, here, you want this? Yep. He's got EFV. Yeah. An yeah. expeditionary fighting. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's what I worked at on on Aberdeen. Yeah. Yeah. That he has was, one. That was, I'm, I, I was on the, I was on that program when it scrapped. Yeah. He, got, oh, he, he probably got, has the one that, that you were working I'm, on. I'm licensed. Well, we had like nine of them, but yeah, I'm licensed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of very few people right? licensed on that. It's got the 30 millimeter. Yeah. 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 The yeah. chain gun. Yeah. Yeah. The yep. Bushmaster chain gun. Yeah. It's huge. Remember when I was telling you that I'm like one of four Marines that were authorized depot level maintenance on that. 
You know the funny that's part? The, that's, when, that's, when, you, when, you were telling that, when you were telling that story, we were like, okay, dude. You know what <laughs> I mean? And then now we saw the take and I'm like, oh, well, okay. It yeah. makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that's, um, that's what, what was some of the other that's funny. They had, what they had a Russian T-72. With all the. With everything that was. Yeah, there. that's And rad. they bought it when, when, when Germany fell, they bought it from East Germany's government. Direct. Fucking brilliant. And, and the Russians are pissed that he has it. I bet. That's and, a, you, but, dude, that's but, a problem with intel, man. But he lets a lot of, they, <laughs> they do a lot of uh, CIA comes three-letter agencies come yeah. down to do training on the property. Like, so one of them, right, they they had this, uh, I can't remember what unit it was, but it was it was an agency of some sort. But you're saying it backs uh, up to Quantico. Well, so. no, but they, they heloed in to run whatever op they wanted to run, but nobody told them what they were heloing into. And so they so, start clearing everything, right? And they come around this little tree-lined corner, and there's an open tank barn. It's just a roof, but you look in, and there's probably, I don't know, 50 tanks underneath this tank barn. And they come around the corner, and they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, full stop. You know, and they start reporting everything in. <laughs> you know what I mean? They start asking if the tanks are in play. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, because right because. You said it. it, it yeah, it, the it borders, borders Quantico. I mean, you got to think Quantico's got Quantico's a lot, huge, so. though. It is. It's massive. Yeah, it's massive. Like it's. A I think large, they said it covers like four counties or something. Oh yeah, it's the flagpole of the Marine Corps, bro. Yeah. Like that's the flagpole, right? Like, uh, and but that's also where you know the FBI training academy is is on yep. Quantico. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, I know that uh, the the CIA and DEA both utilize training areas out there for yeah. stuff like. Because I've been working, what, in my last unit in the Marines, I was I, I ran training for a reserve battalion, and uh, we used to have to go down to a Camp Upshur, which is on Quantico, and it's like the reserve training area. Yeah. And a lot of times we would have to be like, hey, it's not available this week. There's an agency there, and it's like, oh okay, you know type of stuff. So we uh, used to have to schedule around them all the time. But there's some awesome, some really uh, like cool stuff there too. Um, like they had a fire truck from nine eleven from the World Trade Centers from nine eleven. What? Yeah, and it was uh, so it was actually kind of a one of the uh, a pretty famous fire truck because there's pictures of it going into um, the trade centers before you know when when the planes hit, and then the entire crew uh, ended up losing their lives on 9/11, and so stroll through it. And then there's a uh, a police car that they had. They have some uh, cement beams and and iron beams, I beams from the towers and stuff. Um, and all this is going to eventually be put into a museum that they have. Um, it's just, you know, they have to prep things and get things ready and, and static displays set up and all that kind of stuff. For sure. Um, Dude, they are jammed in there. Oh, man. Yeah. Like they, the way that they parked some of these tanks, like they have an enclosed barn. And Scott, you you look like a kid in a candy store. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you look, like, you look so happy. So the, the cool thing about this, and, and I appreciate Mike for setting this up. Um, Mike set this up. And he's like, hey, I I have this idea. Do you think it's going to be fun? And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And he's like, okay, cool. And then I told him, I was like, he's like, should we tell Scott? And I was like, I don't think we should tell Scott. And he's like, okay, cool. We'll just keep this, just you and I, nobody else knows. And, you know, we'll just go from there. I'm like, done. Um, leading up to it, uh, Scott had a wedding that was very close to the dates that we were out there Yeah, uh, to the point where Scott flew back to a different airport. So we could go to the wedding from Virginia instead That's of coming funny. back here. Um, and I was like leading up to him. Like, I, I need to know if you're in or out, man, like, are you doing this or not? I'm like, Mike's got some plan for you. So I, you really, you should really be on this trip. <laughs> That's what I want. Oh yeah. What's that one? The sidecar. Oh, that yeah. was a knockoff though. 
Dude, I don't, I don't care if it's a knockoff. Um, that's that's the only way I'm getting back on twos. Is, 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 is on threes. It's on threes, threes man. Like, but that's that's the only way I'm ever going back to motorcycles is if I get a sidecar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just but, uh, I want it. But we did we did really good at making sure Scott didn't know what we were doing until I missed the turn. And he looked at the GPS and it had the little pin on the map and it said tank farm. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yep. Well, you gotta be so snoopy, bro. <laughs> no, it was, it was on the dash on the car. It's on CarPlay. I was just like, oh. <laughs> he's like, Wait, what is what is this, what is tank for? Right. Uh, and he's like, oh. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really cool. Um, that's awesome. It was really cool. It was. That's uh, a cool experience, though. You know, and then the customers of, of uh, at the shop were awesome guys. I mean, you know, we talked about it briefly earlier too. Um, but uh, a huge fan um, of historic smoke and the people that go in there and everything that they do. Well, you, uh, you sent me a picture of the shop mm-hmm. while we were there, and or while you were there. Yeah, the shop looks great. Yeah, man. yeah. like it's it an, looks he's got really nice cool. Yeah. Um, he uh, he used to be an old uh, um, flower shop. Flower shop. Mm. Yeah, and so there it's very very bright uh you know lots of windows and natural light and stuff like that yeah um but it was really cool nice and then we got a chance to uh meet up with our, own, our old platoon sergeant yeah um oh that's cool yeah, yeah he's uh he, he well he's our platoon sergeant but he was he got out as a command sergeant major he was my squad leader for a while yeah scott knew him as an e6 <laughs> nice. nice and then uh but he, his wife is a lieutenant colonel works at the pentagon um, so we didn't know where he was and they just happened to still be in the area. So boy. We linked up with him, had Good for uh, him. Had breakfast that ended up being like two and a half hours. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um that was you really had, nice. You guys had a waffle house while you were out there? No, we did not. Got to, man. No. Come on now. I told I told <laughs> so one of my favorite things about traveling, especially in this industry, is like uh, you know, we were getting ready one day to try to find lunch. And I was like, look, I'm like, I, I told Mike and his son, I was like, I want something that's local, something I can't get somewhere else. Yeah. Like, what do you guys have here that that is home to you guys? That, that's good. I was like, because that's what I appreciate. Like, I can go get Burger King, Taco Bell. I can go get whatever chain restaurant anywhere in the There's world. There's some good spots in that area. So we went to this little mom and pop's corner store in the middle of this tiny little town. Deli. Deli thing. Yeah. And uh, Probably an amazing sandwich. Yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is exactly what I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, dude. And then one of the best meals we had was this taco truck. Oh my God. They didn't even speak English to take our order. Yeah. Thank God that I, it was we, amazing. Thank God we've gone down to Central America a bunch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because like I literally had to use my broken Spanish. All you need is your nombres, order. bro. If you know your nombres, you're yeah. fine. <laughs> and that's it. I had to use my broken Spanish and then we got the order across. It was perfect. And yeah. I was like, and then and that food is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Justin, you had some uh, cigar questions. From the listeners, I believe. Yeah. So we got uh, one and their question is, how have you learned to grow the business and pivoted from the mistakes and failures? Well, I would say we pivot from the mistakes and failures is easy because every one we did was expensive. Very expensive. So we didn't. That was an easy one. We just didn't do it twice. This is actually the the, the guy who wrote this question is like Drew Estates' business. <laughs> right? They're just taking notes right now. They're like, oh, okay. Like, what are they doing, man? They're gross and crazy. <laughs> and how we grew the business, I mean, I feel like we still have some growing to do, but uh, I just, we just didn't quit. I don't know. They hired you. That's how they grew it. That helped. <laughs> it did. It did. Um, 
I feel like the, like growth in this industry is it's interesting. Well, there's two ways to do it. The the easiest way to do it is to focus on your products and tell your story. I don't know if that's the easiest way. Well, cause, that's cause a way. If you don't have good products, it doesn't matter how fast you want to grow. Eventually, the customer base is going to be like, I'm not smoking that. Yeah, that's true. So you can dump as much as you want. to, and, and there's been companies in this industry that have done it. And we've seen it. They started after we have, and we see where they're at now. And we thought they were going to the moon. It was a money dump. Yep. We thought they were going to the moon. All they did was flush it down the toilet. And then the, the product didn't stand up. And then that company is still kind of back at square one, yeah. except they're just short a shitload of money now. You know, <laughs> that's unfortunate when you see that, right? No, but, but it depends. Time, you, you do reap what you sow, though. Yeah, it depends because <coughs> if it's a big corporate out of the box or out of the gate industry, and you see them do it and it doesn't work, you kind of like, yeah, like, huh, told you, yeah, mm-hmm. like good, good try, good try, yeah, but, yeah. But I think you know, so you know what I've seen. So, and some have made it work. Yeah. Some people have come in already wealthy. And so this is their retirement, their, their fun gig, a passion, you know, project, passion project. Right. And they'll put a bunch of money in. They can afford out of the gate to have all the sales reps. You know, they cherry pick them from the big companies and, you know, they have a yeah. whole team and they set it off and, and it kind of works. Right. Sure. And, you know, and so you see that and then you see other people like there's a, quite a few companies in our shoes Yeah. that, you know, they, it's just, you you have to pace growth and you have to you know just bootstrap and yeah, go you know and, and and like scott scott and i don't come from money at all i couldn't tell <laughs> not one bit <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean and so we also don't have financial investors we yeah. don't have money men that own a portion of the company that control what we do um which is a good th- it's a great thing but the downfall is, is we don't have a money man. We don't have somebody to be like. Well, we don't hey. have that instantaneous growth, right? Yeah. We're, we have to. Yeah, we have to manage it, mm-hmm. you know. You know, because if tomorrow we woke up and we had $2 million, oh, we could do all kinds of shit. Sure. But we don't have $2 million. Yeah. And we're not about to make the sacrifices in order to to bring that to the table because it's, it's going to hinder everything that we want to do. So a company our size either has cash in the bank and no product or we have product on the shelf and no cash in the bank yeah you know well, like, yeah. when you're growing you're broke yeah yeah for sure yeah and if and if you're not broke you're not really growing you know what i mean well, it, it, it it costs money to spend money yeah or no cost, have, it costs money to make money cost money to make money cost money to spend money too Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i'm the on the outside looking in, I'm the worst example because, as you've pointed out many, many times, <laughs> you, you have you have adult money. I have adult money, and but you're, I'm a, you're a kid. <laughs> I, am a, I, the, I am the perfect example. Like 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 we always make fun of it, but like you know, the one wheel, my 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 one wheel is a good example of that. You know, but. well, I, I appreciate that you looked at your one wheel as an investment. I did. Yeah, I appreciate. How's that paying off? So dividends actually <laughs> worked out, man. It's fucking worked out, dude. I love, I love that thing. Dave, Dave's seen it. <laughs> Dave's seen that thing save me so much time. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. It's me and my weird hobbies, though. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just 
like collect hobbies. And the older you get, the more expensive those hobbies become. Bro, you're talking to a skydiver or a scuba diver, man. Like, <laughs> I, I feel your pain. <laughs> I, know. I know. We dive together. Yeah. I know. I know you do. Or yeah. we have dove together. Yeah. Um, and I saw that you guys had Nick from Warfighter. We did. Uh, that was a couple, a couple episodes ago. We had Nick with Warfighter Scuba. Yeah, he's such a good dude, man. Yep. Uh, that, that's a great program. It really, really is. That is a great program. Uh, and it, that was it, that was funny. Speaking of cigars, when I got down there to do that, yeah. Um, because I, unlike you, I am shitty at dodgeball and was, <laughs> and was one of the. So you the, actually qualified for their program. <laughs> I actually qualified for their program. Yeah. Um, I'm not very good at ducking. Uh, and it's uh, a Purple Heart reference for our listeners. Yeah, who aren't in the know. And if Mike, you know, Mike is. Three, three, yeah. yeah. I'm really bad at ducking. So the crazy thing is, is I like I only all the times that I got hurt or wounded or whatever, I only ever sought medical attention three times, and that's the three Purple Hearts. I would have this is a weird, this is a weird flex. Man. <laughs> it's a very weird flex, but I had a doctor tell me one time when I was doing my final physical, he was like, you know, if you would have went to dock every time. You would be in the history books of having the most purple hearts of any <laughs> service member in the history of America. I think the record's eight, and I would have ten. <laughs> it was like, damn. You, if World War Three, you were definitely on my fire team. Yeah, one hundred percent. And somehow I have all my fingers and toes. No, so I know. Like, but, let's but see. If you can't kill me, bitches. Mm. <laughs> if I was to set up the World War Three veteran squad, yeah, I would have Mikey. Yeah. I would have a sniper. I would have one machine gunner and three medics. <laughs> and the medics are all for you, but yeah, yeah they're all hanging. But around. nobody else is getting hit. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's just it's me. It's just you. It's just me. Just, yep. puke, just so there, there's going to be like a hide <laughs> in the machine gunners, and then like 20 meters to the right is going to be Mikey. Yeah. And all the fire is going to be directed over here, and these guys are just picking everything off. Uh, all three docks are behind me, just like <laughs> hunkered in. Yeah. Well, they're they're ags until they are needed <laughs> elsewhere. That's truth. That's truth. <laughs> Carry my ammo, fucker. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like when I got down there, um, one of the first things they were like, "Hey, we got cigars. You want any?" And I was like, "Yeah, I love cigars." And of course, yep. out come the warfighters, and I was like, "Oh, I know these. All right, this one." Snatched my seven six two or whatever, and I was like, "Hey." Um, but, you know, recently uh, I was at an event and one of my buddies, I was at a wedding and one of my buddies asked me and he was like, he was like, so be honest with me. He's like, is Warfighter really good or do you just rep it because they're your buddies? And I was like, no, no, they're a premium tobacco company, man. Like, it's very, very good. And I was like, it just, I just got lucky that they're my buddies. Like, well, I was like, or know. maybe we wouldn't be your buddies if our cigars were shit. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. <laughs> if like, you don't put out a good product in a veteran space, you're yeah. not going to be around long. Yeah. You guys are still good dudes. You still be my buddy. <laughs> well, would we, would we be good dudes if we put out a shitty product? Well, if you did it, if you, if, if you put it out on purpose, oh, okay. if you were like, I like it and I'm putting it out cause I like it. I'd be like, okay, it's a product that he enjoys. Okay. Like you're a risotto guy. Yeah. It's a little too much ass on that on the back of that for me, right? Like I'm not a big fan of the risotto. Doesn't mean I'm gonna shit all over your product. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm a little weaker on the I, I like mine a little bit less bold, right? Except for your unbanded uh your unbanded San uh San Andreas. Yeah. That is one of my favorite cigars. That San Andreas is just so good. That's a, a phenomenal cigar. 
That is so good. And it and it and it's it's become like a for being as bold as it is, it's an everyday smoke still. Yeah. And that's so yeah. cool, man. It'll like, come back banded one of these days. One yeah. of these days. Yeah. We we did a little brainstorm around that on this trip. Oh yeah? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's uh things it, in the works. Yeah, I think it's gonna be pretty cool. Awesome. I like that. Yep. Same sort of uh program. Ish. Ish. We'll talk offline about it. Okay. We're still yeah. in the, the beginning stages. We don't want to let the cats out, out of the bag now, you know? Um, no, I mean, we let the cat out of the bag that we're rebranding that cigar, but we yeah. just have to, we're trying to do it in a way that it is something that um, would will make a, a difference. Um, you know, the meaning behind what we're doing with it and, uh, and to make sure that the story is told how it needs to be told. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, like, like he was asking me, he's like, he's like, are they actually good? And I was yeah. like, dude, they're phenomenal. And I was like, I was like, you know me for a while. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, do I ever put my name on something that I don't yeah. back? And he's like, no. And I was like, well, there you go. You know, and I used his company as an example because he works for one of our sponsors for the other show. Yeah. You know, and I was like, would I be repping your shit if I, if, if you made dog shit? And he was like, no, you wouldn't. And I'm like, <laughs> well, there you go. Like, there's your answer, man. Like, and he was like, all right, cool. Like, so uh, hopefully I got some, got a lifelong fan. I was actually told this, him too. this past weekend in Virginia by somebody who's been in the industry for a while. Um, and whether on the retail side or just as a smoker. And he was talking about her night shift. And he goes, uh, he goes, this is the best underpriced cigar I've ever smoked in my life. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, I can't believe you're only charging that much for it. I was like, well, I could charge you more if you want. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just make it specific for him. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but I told him, I was like. It's 11 bucks for everybody else, 14 for you, yeah. sir. I was like, well, you know, I, I really appreciate that. I was like, I do. I yeah. Hey, boys, let's give us one second. We ran out of space for recording, so we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. Uh, I do have another question for you guys. Hit us. This one is from Six Pack. Because I'm, I'm definitely also a pro. <laughs> okay, well, then you can answer this one. Okay. Uh, it's from Six Pack. said, loving the 50 Garrison Oscuro Maduro. So far, it's my favorite of all y'all's blends. Would love to understand what the Oscuro Maduro means in addition to all the other terms. This, Thanks. This dude just bought Minutemen. <laughs> that's how i that's how i got introduced to the 50 garrison <laughs> it was Minuteman, right so so that what was is the first one you guys had yep Minuteman. that was it yeah so what uh what does oscuro maduro mean dark i, I have no idea <laughs> i don't know but i'll so you you're you're, ha you're 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 right you're half right so oscuro means dark okay maduro means either ripe or mature depending on the context you're using it in but it, they both kind of mean the same um but it, it typically means ripe so it's a dark, ripe leaf, meaning like it's an aged. Maduro typically means it's an aged or darker wrapper. Darker or leaf. the berry, riper the juice. Uh, and Oscuro just means it's it's more dark. Okay. Um, and uh, But Oscuro can be used in not just in, in coordination with the Maduro type uh, of, of an aging process. Like you can have a, in a, a Habano Oscuro, which is the night shift. Yeah. And so it's a dark Habano leaf. And that has to do with the aging process and stuff like that. Um, and so essentially what it does is the the longer that you let, it's kind of like caramelizing onions is an easy way to explain it. Um, now, you know, you're, now you're talking language that I understand. Right. So the, the, the longer that you 
ferment or cook or heat or, or age, the, the more sugars, natural sugars that are going to come out of it, the more the flavors are going to change. Um, you know, an onion, uh, on a cigar, um, you know, the longer that you, you, um, process that tobacco, the darker it's going to get and the more oils are released and the more flavors you can get out of that cigar. Yeah. Um, There's one point or another, they're all green. They all start green. Yeah. Yeah. If they're brown on the, on the plant, you got problems. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a good plant. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, a, a leaf is a natural thing. It turns green because of the chlorophyll that's in in the leaf, and the that process gets rid of that chlorophyll. Yeah, um, because or else you get um, candela, which is a, a minimally processed leaf. And we do have some candela in our uh, night shift. You do? Uh, it's a ring right around the cap. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that way, you guys don't have to smoke it. Yeah. Some people like. I'm, I'm assuming that. Is. is that a is that a thing? Like, yeah, can yeah. you it smoke is. candela cigars? Do you you yep. remember the filthy hooligan I gave you? The St. Patty's barber pole. Yeah, it's got green on it. That's, that's right. Candela. That's right. Yeah. I'm I'm not a fan. It's too bitter. Okay. For me. Yeah. 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 It it, it literally it some a lot of people say it tastes like hay. I mean that makes sense to or, me. Or grass or you know they have that very they call it barnyard which is just cow shit. <laughs> that's when people say all oh, the there's a hint of barnyards it's like yeah it's a hint of sh- like manure like shit yeah um uh but it's not bad it's just that certain leaves have certain flavor profiles and stuff yeah there's maybe a little more to barnyard than shit there is but like that's where i go in my brain yeah <laughs> like it's a mixture of shit dirt and feed yeah it's locked in it's it's shit it's in my brain. <laughs> like if I ever hear someone in, in the context of a cigar say, oh, it's got barnyard. I'm be like, poop, that's poop. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like, it's not like, like straight up feces. It's like that kind of manure-ish. Like, I don't know what else to say. And, it, and it's usually like on a dry drawer or, um, you know, something like that. You don't really get that off of like the, while you're smoking. Sometimes you do. Sometimes. But yeah. Well, I remember that barber pole you gave me, though. I remember that cigar, and it was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was shit faced because yeah, it was St. Patrick's. You enjoyed day. it, and I appreciate that. Yeah. But I, I not my favorite. I remember when. Uh, well, I like your mentality when it comes to cigars. Like, you always get asked, though, what's your favorite cigar? And it's your next cigar. No, it's the one, it's, I, one I have not yet. Or the one you haven't had yet. Yeah. Right? Or, or the free yeah. one. Or the free That's one. John's. <laughs> That's, yeah. He's Jewish. Ish. 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 <laughs> it's the wrong half. We found that out. <laughs> it's but, the free cigar half. Yeah. The free, yeah. That's what it is. Ten dollars. <laughs> I don't know why you want eight dollars for that thing. It's not even worth six. I'll give you four. <laughs> Dad, can I borrow a hundred dollars? Fifty dollars. You think twenty dollars grows on trees? <laughs> uh but uh yeah. So that's a screw on Maduro. You want to know what podcast isn't anti-Semitic? The Freedom Prince. You should watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get us canceled. Uh, We've established that's impossible. What's another term the layman might not know? For cigars? For cigars. Um, so there's all the size terms. Vitola. A Vitola? That's a good term. I don't know that term. Vitola is the shape of the cigar, not the size. So not like right? the ring. So it's not. It's a, a different vitola. Doesn't mean it's. I mean, it could be. It could be. Yeah. Uh, but typically, a vitola means it's a 
uh, whether it's a like, uh, torpedo or a Salomon or a Lancero. Well, it doesn't necessarily because you could have a Robusto, a Toro, mm-hmm. and those are different Vitolas. Yeah. Sizes and shapes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like if, 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 you, if I was to ask, what's the Vitola? Then okay. I, would, I would tell you Toro, Torpedo, or whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it, that's not that common, uh, but it is another term that's used. Because you could just use, yeah. what size is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that won't necessarily tell you if it's a torpedo or yeah. the, then the, I would tell you it's a 5 by 50 or a, you know what I mean? But it doesn't yeah. necessarily encompass the shape yeah. of the cigar. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know like Toro and uh, Robusto and things like that. Like, like that took me a while to kind of yeah. understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I just didn't understand the sizes, yeah. the different it, names of sizes. The cigar industry is complicated. Like you, somebody can call a Corona a Corona and it's not a universal size. Because some people call it a Petit Corona. Yeah. yeah. Or and then there's double Corona. And that's different. Yeah. So it's different than a Corona or right. a Petit Corona. Right. Yeah. Um, and some people like this is a Toro. Right, but a Toro can range anywhere from a, a, a fifty to a fifty-four, maybe fifty-six ring gauge, yeah, yeah. or forty-eight. Yeah, maybe. and some of them call them a Toro, and they're five and a half inches. Some call it a Toro, and they're six and three quarters. So ours is six. Yeah. You know, there are like old school, traditional. A Toro is this size. Robusto is this size. This is this. This is that. Da, 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 da. Um, you know, but it, it's kind of like reinventing the wheel. Everybody puts their own little spin on it. Like, like who who decides? Like, is there a governing body? No. <laughs> so like, now, now here's a cool thing, right? So we, one of our, our sizes, we call a Minuteman. Yeah. And it's our four by 44. Yeah. We call it a Minuteman. Yeah. Or a uh, dog walker. I've heard it yeah. called yep. a dog walker. So, but but that, yeah. that's a dog walker is a slang term, but that slang term is based off of a company who made that cigar and called it a dog walker. Right. Um, and then it just kind of stuck with that, sh- that size of a cigar. Sure. Um, but there's other, uh, you know, another confusion that like I, the, I don't like to hear is when people get the wrapper and the band mixed up. You know, the band of the cigar is the label, right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. band. And, and the, the wrapper is the... The actual leaf. The, the leaf. leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've heard, you know, are you going to take that wrapper off? Like, like no, no, I smoke it. Kind of, <laughs> no. kind, of, kind of important to my yeah, cigar. Pretty important to the cigar. So, you know, yep. so I've heard even, I've heard people call the wrapper the cellophane. You take it out of the wrapper? I've, that's, yeah. prob- that, that's probably like a, like a regional thing though right i like, think it's just new people you yeah. know you just you, you haven't been around it a lot but i mean it, and that happens in every industry yeah. though you know you, you look at the firearm industry yeah. a bullet a shell i, 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 I got a clip yeah. i went through two clips yeah that, sh- that shit drives me insane cart- but you know what cartridge it, and shell. if you didn't join the military yeah. and you didn't learn about know, firearms even before then i knew the difference between that but if you didn't learn about it 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 it's not like it's like blasphemy. Yeah. But once sure. you know, you're like, oh, there's no mistake between these. Well, like yeah. even even now that I've been around the firearm industry and I've been around like that world for a very, very long time. Um, even now, like I hear people who are part of the industry utilizing those terms sometimes, yeah. right? Like there's one I'll just say it, I think he's a fucking idiot. He's like, <laughs> I won't say his name, but I think he's a moron on online. And he and, and he acts like an asshole, and he's a firearm guy. And some of the things he says, I'm like, you're 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 teaching inappropriately because yeah. people are watching your content, yeah. and you're teaching inappropriate but stuff. Now the downfall, like, and I'm a, this might be a rabbit hole going down right now. Yeah, but I'm willing to bet that some of those guys that are doing that and are making content are doing it 
to increase engagement in their content. I think so. They know better, but they also know that it's a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. That it will generate engagement. You know, like I I used to own Silencer Headquarters. Yeah. Silencer a proper term or suppressor a proper term? Good point. On the ATF form, it's called a silencer. Or a suppressor, depending on how the manufacturer registered it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So, yeah. well, I know I have like form four, some of them say silencer, some of them say suppressor. Yeah. And yeah. that, and it all comes down to how the, how the manufacturer registered it in the system. And if you submitted it with the other word, curious, which they would I deny it. Even though it's in my, in my opinion, they're the, it's a universal term. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't silence it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what they've called them since, you know, forever yeah. from Maxim. Yeah. Put out a silence. It wasn't a Maxim suppressor. Yeah. It was a Maxim silencer. Yeah. <laughs> he was the first. Sorry, guys. So. Yep. It's interesting. Very, yeah. I mean, we have, I can go through all of our forms too. And it's the same yeah. thing. Some of our silencers, some suppressor. This one's a silencer. It used to drive me insane because I did all the forms at the gun store. And I was just like, I wish they just all got on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> that one's also a silencer. Yep. Damn. So. Mm-hmm. See, so, yeah, I mean, as far as terms, I mean, there's a ton of them in the cigar industry. Really We're not going to go through all of them. But, uh, you know, size-wise, just pull up a cigar size chart. And yeah. you can learn that way. And, yeah. you know, it's Well, then you talk about, like, ring gauges and things like that, you know. And, like, 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 like I didn't know what a Lancero was yeah. when I started smoking cigars, right? I had no idea. I remember, I think, I think we were at your old shop mm-hmm. and we were recording a show one night. And uh, Jazz had one. I think that's when we got. Now, it was before. It was, arrows in. It was ours in Nebraska. It was before you guys had expanded the Lancero line. I thought that was only the 50 Garrison. Yeah, you might be right. And then we brought everything else in after. Yeah. I, um, I can't remember. I don't really remember. But then I, but, but learning about how the size and shape of a cigar kind of changes the profile. Yeah. yeah. It was really interesting to me, right? Like, like I'm a fan of the five, five, six shade. Your Connecticut shade, yeah. I think, is a great shade, right? I think it's a great cigar. You put that in a Lancero, and, and you even said the most surprising yeah. thing that you I had zero expectations yeah. for our none. That, thing, <laughs> that thing's amazing. Yeah. A Connecticut shade Lancero. And, and when you tell somebody who's in the cigar industry that, like, you know, oh, what's your favorite Lancero? And it's like, oh, it's a Connecticut shade. They look at you weird. I'm yeah. like, I'm telling you, it's amazing, <laughs> man. Like, and they, they, they're like, they're like, this kid's out of his mind, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really was like, you know, but I guess that comes down to like that, that R&D. Like, you know, you want to make an omelet. How are you going to make the omelet? No. You know, you got to crack the eggs. You got to find out, right? And, and that innovation is what people, I think, in a lot of industries are scared of taking the steps towards innovation. I think they're f- afraid of failure. Absolutely. Well, it's because it's, it's how much money does it invest to create? Yeah. But if you don't you know? fail, you don't learn. So, yeah, I 100% agree. And if you don't fail, you're not trying hard enough. You want a good example? Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> you Jesus, know, right? like, like that dude, like throw a dart in the air you're gonna stick on something that he's like oh we're gonna send the spaceship oh it blew up okay cool we'll fix it (laughs) you know (laughs) what i mean (laughs) and he's like like, you just lost hundreds of millions of dollars he's like no we just learned yeah you know you know and that's (laughs) the best way to like think about that mentality is like nah yeah sure i lost monetarily but i gained knowledge i've gained the experience from this experience and it's it's unquantifiable knowledge you can't put a dollar amount to what you learned absolutely not failure but I'm a huge fan of that cigar. I had one yesterday, actually. 
I, I, I had one on Friday in here. I brought it. You make me want one right now. I brought it. In. <laughs> you know what? That might be my next cigar, man. I, think I, might, so. I, I grabbed a double Corona. I, I might have to switch that out. Is it right? Like, <laughs> it, but but that was always something that was super interesting to me is that I didn't know that like the could because the the structure of the cigars is like if it's well, let's it's say all it's proportions. A, yeah. yeah, but like it, I didn't think it would change that dramatically the flavor yeah. and the profile. Well, they say right? like the wrapper, which is the least amount of proportion you have in a cigar, right? There's more binder. There's more fillers. Yeah. The the outside wrapper, they say it gives it something like 60, per, 60 so, or 70% of, its, yep. of, its, of the taste of the cigar. Really? Yeah. yeah. Which if you ever have one where it flakes off and you smoke the last half of it, you just take the wrapper off and, you, and it's a different fucking it's, it's That's very true. Different. That's very, yeah. very true because that, that's happened to me before. Yeah. yeah. So. But yeah, the, the wrapper to filler ratio is what changes when you change your ring gauge. Yeah. You know, the 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 width of the cigar. Yeah. So they have but, to take they, they have to take fillers out. They can't take yep. wrapper off. No. And that wrapper leap is it's the it's the same leaf. Um and the smaller ring gauge you go, the better your wrapper to filler ratio is. Sure. And the more the higher, that, the more that yeah. that wrapper f- flavor profile is going to show through um, in in all your subtle tastes that, and flavors that you get out of that cigar. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very very cool. It's a whole new world, man. And I appreciate you guys like like holding my hand through it, <laughs> like, <laughs> le- like learning stuff. Because honestly, like like I've I've learned more just hanging out with you guys about yeah. cigars, then we got to get you down to Nicaragua sometime. I really want to go, man. I'd love to see the process. I'd love to go down there and hang out and drink some of that rum. You guys are always talking about Florida. Like, Kanye. Yeah. But the <laughs> stuff it's, it's Florida. Kanye there is different than Florida. Kanye here in the I States. I think so. Yeah. It's so much better there. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like, it's like drinking a Corona South of the border. Oh, like yeah. for some reason I, I had a Heineken in Amsterdam and it was delicious. Probably way better. There was the <laughs> only Heineken I've ever liked in my entire life. <laughs> the very first beer I had getting on ship in Thailand, they had uh, a guy that was selling like the older bottles of freaking Heineken, the yeah. big ass ones for like a dollar each. <laughs> and we were like, Dumb. you might need two coolers, fucker. <laughs> and, uh, but that was the only time that was the first beer I'd had in months. And it was oh. the only, it's the same. It was like, I was like, this is the best Heineken I've ever had. Yeah. It's like, it, now granted, it's going to be better the first one you've had in a while. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. one I had at the Heineken uh, brewery. See, that's probably good too. Like, but it's funny how they told me to drink it. Like, they, they poured my beer, right? And then they had like an inch or two ahead on the top. Yeah. It's cleaning your beer. No, it protects the beer from the air. Yeah. Because if the air touches the beer, it spoils the beer, keeps it clean. And he goes, so when you drink it, you put it up to your mouth. And then you gulp the beer. So the beer slips underneath that layer of foam and you get just the beer without it hitting the air. I'm like, so you're trying to tell me if your beer touches air, it tastes like shit. <laughs> and the guy just kind of like looks at me and I'm like, it's an honest question. <laughs> it's a straight up question, man. <laughs> like, well, I learned that at Budweiser beer school at SeaWorld in San Diego. <laughs> they used to do, and I think they used to do it here too. Cause Anheuser-Busch owns SeaWorld, you know, oh, Bush yeah. gardens and all that, you know, and, and, uh, like, yeah, they used to do Budweiser beer school. And I learned that, like, you know, that was like me dipping my toe into like bartending, I yeah. guess. But like, that's where I learned that, like, you know, head on a beer is a, it's good. It's good for your beer, right? Like, it actually clean, it keeps it clean. Yeah. Which, so I guess that tracks. Yeah. It protects it from the air. So, so nice. you're telling me. I know. I was just, it blew my mind. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that's funny. That's yep. funny. Well, yeah, thanks for having me, fellas. Anytime, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Sure. Um, it's been a good one. I'm glad you can share a little bit of knowledge from a, a 
a friend in, in, a, in a, a cigar smoker side. Uh, we've had guys in the industry on, um, and uh, and now we had somebody that didn't really smoke and didn't really have the knowledge until uh, they started hanging out. So yeah. kind of got you from from a newbie into now where I wouldn't really say subject matter expert, but you could definitely explain stuff to other people. I'm cruising. I'm cru- I can explain your stuff to other people. Yeah. You take me to another brand. I'm screwed. <laughs> well, you, you know, and, and, and that just comes with time. Like, yeah. um, you know, I, I know for a fact, like Scott and I have worked humidors at, at other shops during events or whatnot. People come in and, and they're looking for something very specific. And even if it's something that we don't offer, we're going to help them out. We're going to show them other stuff in the humidor based on what we've smoked and our experiences with the with the other brands and, and it's i mean everything's subjective. one thing i like about doing that is when somebody's like oh have you ever you know like i want one of these or they like, they ask me have you have you had one of these because that's what i like yeah and if i haven't had one of those then that's usually the next one I'll right yeah. you're like oh, oh no but i'm gonna try I it just, <laughs> took a, I just took a suggestion from a random yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. but the, 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 those hidden gems like that yeah. that's how you find the good stuff right you know, and, and to like get off the beaten path and to go and experience a little bit of life, right? Yeah. It's a little bit of difference, you know, and that's what's cool, man. Like that's, and I think so many of us take that for granted. You know what I mean? Just like that, just that little experience. Yeah, like it's such it's it's such a cool, significant. Ins- it seems insignificant at the time, but it could lead to something yeah. real cool, and it usually does. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like asking a weirdo on a rooftop if he wants to have a shot of whiskey <laughs> like, like it worked out <laughs> like yeah that, that was so funny do you want to jamo like they don't have jamo here i got a, I got a bottle in my I jeep. Got a bottle in my jeep like let's go what i'm gonna come in yeah. we drank the whole bottle can you take this picture where the 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 freaking the tower america is my dick thanks <laughs> <laughs> and then we just became best friends it's like oh oh you are also 12 years old got it nice nice yep well, thank you guys for tuning in, and um, we're going to come back to you again next Friday Yeah, um, with uh, hopefully some more phenomenal cigar knowledge uh, or mediocre knowledge either way. Yeah. Uh, but we're send, st- send us more questions. Yep. We're still going to have fun with it. Uh, we got some fun guests that we're going to be having on uh, over the next uh, you know few episodes and stuff, um, and uh, make sure you guys enjoy your holidays. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 Grab some cigars yeah, to... Uh, the, an easy way to get away from your family for 45 minutes is tell them you're going to go outside and have a cigar. Can half, of them, half of them aren't going to want to go out there with you. And the ones that are, you're going to have good conversations. So I felt bad. I got one quick story to tell. I was at my that wedding, right? Yeah, it was yeah. my cousin's kid. And she was a Marine. And so the, and she married a Marine. Okay. She met in the Marines, right? But the, Real original. The whole, <laughs> they've been out for a little while now. So it's safe at, at this point. But uh, the whole, the almost paid the off their whole wedding party was Marines. Yeah. So I, obviously I brought cigars. Right. right. And so it was like right after the meal, I gave the, the the groom a bundle of cigars. I'm like, here, man, pass these out to whoever. And I said, I know you're all Marines. And he's like, oh, warfighter, you know. Like he had no idea I owned it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, That's funny. He's like, thanks. We were looking for a cigar lounge. And it was like a ways away. We didn't want to go. And so everybody went outside. I felt bad. Because the dance just started. Oh, everybody <laughs> went outside to smoke cigars. So uh, the bride came out, you know, and she joined and she was hanging out. I said, Hey, whenever you're ready to go back in, I said, I'll make everybody put them down and we'll go back in and enjoy your wedding. And I said, I handed them out. I didn't know that we were going to smoke them right now. I'm sorry. You know, 
And she's like, oh, it's okay, you know. And then about 30 minutes later, she's like, okay, it's done. <laughs> she gave me the look. Yeah, I'm like, all right, Marines, put them down. Go dance. Get back in the wedding. So, yeah, it was fun, though. They're like, I like this cigar. You're like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Right. That's funny. On that note, we'll see you uh, next week. Yep. <laughs>